Well, this is not an ordinary day. Uh, so the sermon will not look anything like an ordinary sermon. <laughs> uh, it, the more I thought about what to do on my last official Sunday as the pulpit minister, uh, I decided it's really hard to talk about retiring when you're not really retiring. It's, <laughs> it's strange somehow. Uh, we're not going away, uh, still on staff and got lots to do. In fact, sometimes when I think about all there is to do with Know Your Bible, I think I, have, I may have more to do. Uh, but uh, since it is the official last one, I thought we ought to do something a little bit different. So I'm going to share a few memories and uh, give a little advice. And It's not very well organized. I keep adding to it. All weekend, I kept thinking, I need to say this in there, so we may be here a while, I don't know. But <laughs> uh, I know different people wonder different things. My, my grandson, after we were talking about the last sermon and all that, he said, well, after that, he said, where are you going to sit? <laughs> yeah, man, that's a big, big problem. we got, we got to figure that out. Uh, after this morning, I think we need to move over here with the goats and help, <laughs> help this group out a little bit. They need a good influence. <laughs> um, I thought I'd just start by showing you a few keeps. I know there's some, a lot of visitors here that don't know what's going on, so I'll give you a little history in just a moment. But I thought I'd start with some uh, uh, keepsakes that I've received over the years, uh, believe it or not. All the years I've been preaching, I've received a number of commendations and tributes for my work. Uh, I thought I'd like to show you a few of those. Let's have the first slide, please. Uh, I got this one just a few weeks ago from uh, Riley Melindy. And uh, obviously you can see the perspective of what importance she places <laughs> things here. Uh, and, and that's all right. I'm, I'm used to that. You get different kinds of things uh, from different people. This one was kind of special to me, uh, Riley's, because 20 years ago I got one from her mother, Jennifer Wood, and she was a little more interested in the details of the the building. Uh, got most of you in there, I think. Uh, speaking of detailed, Jennifer Oakley gave me this. Uh, in 1992, 23 years ago, I think she got every brick in that old baptistry building. And uh, if you could see the detail on the microphones and everything, you might suspect Jennifer would grow up and be kind of detailed about things. Uh, not all kids are interested in the front of the building or the preacher. Uh, some want to share something about their life. Michelle Oakley uh, documented her family for me at one time. And they're all in there. In fact, if you look right down there, that's baby Josh, a little, a little baby in swaddling clothes. So uh, he had just come along 18 years ago. Uh, some artists are a little more interested in my hairstyle and things like that. Uh, this is Matt Gardner's work, by the way. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Well, Matt did that in 2004. Uh, some of them don't draw pictures of me. They concentrate on the lesson and kind of take notes at their level. 
Uh, this is Laura Weber's rendition of my sermon about Balaam and the donkey. And a little bubble coming out of the donkey's mouth that says, Hey, why are you beating me? <laughs> so she got the lesson pretty good. Uh, I suspect that some of my tributes I get, I suspect maybe they're not paying real close attention to the lesson. Uh, Caleb Greenwood drew me a computer in 1999, 17 years ago. Uh, that's what computers looked like back then, by the way, kids. Uh, you can usually kind of guess the age of the artist by the body style and all that. Uh, this one was LaVon Weber when she was four. Uh, drew that picture of me. Nice hairstyle. Feet are a little strange, but hey. Uh, my favorite, I guess, of all the things I get are the tributes to my preaching ability. And uh, Katie Sandlin gave me this one to Mr. Tandy from Katie Sandlin. You're a good preacher. Uh, Emlyn Edwards tried to top that. She said, I think you're the best preacher in the world. I bet God is proud of you. <laughs> and probably the favorite in my collection, just because it's probably about the oldest, Katie Arrow gave me this 30 years ago. Dear Steve Tandy, or Mr. Tandy, I love you. I think you are funny. I like you. You are a very funny adult. So I've kind of got that market cornered. Now, Toby, if you can get the adults to pay attention, <laughs> you'll be doing all right. A little history, just quickly. So I came to Northside uh, in another building scene, but uh, in 1957, uh, about 59 years ago. I could tell just about anything about that time that I wanted to, because there are not many folks left from 1957, but there are a few around, uh, to keep me honest. Uh, Gary and I, my little brother, sat right about down there where Cameron is on about the second or third row with my mom, who uh, taught us about how to be PKs, certain standards for preacher's kids, by the way. Uh, she worked on that. Uh, when I was out of her view, uh, the rest of Northside kept their eye on me and reported directly to my mother, which is one reason I always thought I didn't want to be a preacher. I thought, this, this is kind of hard on kids, uh, but ended up that way eventually anyway. Uh, grew up, sat at the feet of some of the great old saints at Northside, uh, started doing some devos, I'm sure, at some time, and... Uh, they taught singing. I didn't do very well in that, but Ronnie Mock carried that side of things. And I remember him leading the old rugged cross all the time. I think that might have been the only one he knew. I don't know. But they... <laughs> Anyhow, we grew up. I got an engineering degree, uh, got married, worked in manufacturing till I was 50 years old. Uh, we were away from Northside for about seven years, and during that time we were I was forced uh, kind of because some of the congregations we were in, small and all that, to do some preaching. And uh, kind of liked it. Came back here in 1978, height of the bus ministry, and uh, worked in that and uh, began preaching in the children's training hour. Uh, 
had sometimes over a hundred kids down there in the basement in the old building and uh, preached to them every week for quite a while. Um, preached fill in a few times a year for when Dad was gone or something happened. Uh, so I kept preaching a little bit, but never wanted to be a full-time preacher. In uh, 1986, we started Know Your Bible, and uh, that's when I was added to the staff part-time, and uh, I'm still working at that, so technically I've been employed around here for about 30 years. Um, in 88, Dad had retired after 29 and a half years in the pulpit, and Bill Oakley had taken over and was doing a great job in the pulpit. Northside back then had a history of two preachers. We always had a co-preacher and took turns Sunday morning, Sunday nights, all that. Uh, and I was asked to share the pulpit with Bill in 1988. Uh, the boys were pretty well raised by then, so I said, okay, I guess that would, that would work. Uh, that was 28 and a half years ago. So figuring it up the way I figured it, although there were a few years I didn't preach very many times, but I always preached a few each year, uh, this is the 59th year, 2016, it's 59th year there's been a Tandy in this pulpit, which is probably some kind of a record, I don't know what, um, but we've been here, I tell you that just to show you I've got a little history at Northside. Uh, in 1999, uh, God started closing and opening doors in the business world, and Northside was looking for a preacher. Bill had retired, and uh, I was thinking one day, trying to figure out why Northside couldn't find a minister. Uh, we had interviewed three or four. We would brought them out. For, we liked them. We made offers. Something else came up. Uh, we just couldn't seem to find a preacher. And uh, one day I was out in the yard, actually out mowing the yard at our dream house, and uh, God whispered the idea to me that maybe it was supposed to be me. Uh, maybe I was supposed to be that preacher. And I explained to him all the things that would change and all the things that would mess up, but he seemed convinced. Uh, at that point, I hit the big problem. I had to go inside and explain that to the missus. Uh, she never wanted to be a preacher's wife. No, no desire at all there. Uh, I'd never wanted to be a preacher for that matter. Uh, but I went in and broke the news that that's what I felt called to do. And I explained to her, I think we ought to do this for 10 years. I think it's important that we do this for 10 years. And those of you that remember back in the late 90s, had a lot of strange things going on in the brotherhood. Uh, churches were trying odd ideas and new things and causing division and splitting apart and, and all of that. That was going on. Uh, Northside was looking for a pulpit minister, which is a huge influence on a congregation. And our eldership was about ready to turn over. It, it, the men's ages and everything was it needed uh, to be changed. And I told her for if we would just preach for 10 years, I would hold the pulpit down and keep it sound and stable, I hope. I could help with the eldership transition in some ways. And if I can get Northside through the next 10 years, I think they'll be good. 
I think they'll be solid after that. Uh, so she signed on for 10 years. <laughs> she did what she's always done. She supported me. Uh, not her desire to be a preacher's wife, but she set her hand to it and set her heart to it and did it with all her might. Uh, where we are today, where I am today, and you are, is do a lot to Miss Cindy over there. Uh, she's always done what's best for Northside. Uh, well, almost. She has hindered some things. <laughs> for instance, I am a lot funnier than you know. <laughs> uh, but she restrains me. Uh, she has some ideas about what's proper from the pulpit, and uh, she occasionally overrules me. Uh, sometimes I even foolish enough to ask. I think I'm going to try this, and she says, no, no, no. Uh, that's why she sits close down here where you can't see her face, uh, can't see her signs. Actually, they're more of a look than a sign, she, although occasionally she will go with the sign a few months ago, I was on a, I thought, a hilarious roll about Facebook and how wonderful it was, and uh, I got this. <laughs> so she does restrain me from what I know you would be entertained with sometimes. <laughs> Anyhow, after all that history, I just filled that in so you'd know how we got to this day. Uh, today, I believe Northside's in great shape. Uh, it took us a little more. We've been here a little longer than 10 years, but uh, Northside's unified. Northside is growing. Uh, I looked at the records as I was cleaning things up this week, and uh, this year, there's only one year that I've been here that we've had more baptisms than this year. Uh, people keep coming, and we keep baptizing people. Uh, uh, for almost two years, we've been working on transitioning Toby to fill the pulpit, and me to move more to know your Bible. Uh, the wise man said, there's a time for everything, and now it's time for that change. Uh, so, what I want to do with the main part of the sermon is give a few words of advice to Toby, and then a few words of advice to the congregation, and then we'll wrap all of this up. Uh, all right, for Toby, first thing we have to do is... Let's all get his number in your cell phone so you can get a hold of him. I want you to be able to get a hold of him at any time, day or night. Actually, I wouldn't do that. I've preached too long to, to hand that out. So we'll, we'll skip that part. But at least we got his attention now. Um, now, to since this is for Toby, and we want him to... Understand, uh, I brought some props. <laughs> now, I know to do it properly, I should have had four teenagers come up here and get those <laughs> and bring it over for me, but I got it myself. Uh, and just a few things to help him, you know, in the future be a better preacher and all of that. Cindy, I told you not to put those in there. 
I told you I didn't think that would be right. But... Toby, you're lucky Cindy was watching me. I actually had more. I had a full family camp award ceremony kind of thing. <laughs> you know, I, I had chains and bricks and body parts, and I had, had lots of stuff. It was going to be hilarious. But Cindy said no. Uh, she said to be serious, so I'll be serious from now on in my advice. Uh, Toby, my first advice to you, and I've told you some of this, but some of this is new maybe. I tried to summarize the whole job a little better. Uh, Number one to me is you need to teach the Word so that your people can understand it and apply it. Uh, That's my little slogan that's on a little card on my desk. Uh, Teach the Word so your people can understand it and apply it. Now, if it has a little humor in it, if it's clever, if it's well-spoken, all of that's okay, and that helps. Uh, But if the people come and don't hear a word from the Lord that they can understand and apply in their lives, then you haven't done well. And that's hard. That sounds easy to say, Uh, but it's kind of monotonous. It's never ending. Preachers talk about the tyranny of Sunday. Uh, every Sunday, you got to have something like that that they can understand, uh, that they can apply. Uh, every time, set your heart and mind to do that and to do your best at it. Now, it won't always work uh, as well as you think it's going to work. It won't always work like you've planned it. Uh, But I'll tell you something, a few times, not very many, but a few times, I guess I felt like I hadn't done my best. I think, this is weak. Uh, This just isn't what I wish it was, but it's got to be this week. I'm out of time. Uh, After those, if it's got a word of the Lord in it, after those, invariably, at least one person will come up to me and say, that was directly for me. I needed that. I had to have that this week. If there's a word of the Lord in it, you'll be fine. Uh, In fact, after enough years at it, you'll finally figure out uh, that it's the word and not you. So, teach the word so you people can understand it and apply it. Uh, Secondly, and this may sound a little odd, but it's... Solid advice, I think. Uh, be a shepherd. And, and I don't mean be have an office of elder. Uh, I mean be a shepherd to your people. Uh, Numbers chapter 25, 27, excuse me. Uh, Numbers 27, beginning at verse 15, when Moses had come to the end of his time, uh, Moses said to the Lord, May the Lord, the God of the spirits of all mankind, Appoint a man over this community 
to go out and come in before them, one who will lead them out and bring them in. So the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. Uh, now, I know we have an office of elder, and they do other things besides uh, teach and all that uh, than feeding the flock. Uh, but I believe that the position of pulpit minister is more important than sometimes we consider it. Uh, Ephesians 4.11, uh, we traditionally read that this way. Ephesians 4.11, Paul said that uh, he get, God gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors, and some to be teachers. It doesn't really say that. It says some to be pastors and teachers. In fact, the original Greek actually is one word, a pastor teacher. And that's the way I've always looked at this position is, yes, you're a teacher. You teach the word, uh, but you also shepherd in that teaching. Uh, to, and I know the elders help with this and give, give direction and all that. But when you're coming up with themes and series and sermons, and all that, you need to know what direction the flock needs to go. <clears throat> different times, different things, different years. Uh, different things, different times of years. There's crises that happen uh, in the world, in the congregation, and the, the sheep uh, need to have a shepherd. So be a shepherd in your teaching. And the third thing I'd say uh, to Toby is, uh, the church that Christ built has both a divine and a human dimension. And the human aspect will never be perfect. Uh, there's always going to be problems in the human dimension of the church. And that's what does a lot of preachers in. Uh, they can't balance that in their head. Uh, why can't my flock be perfect? And they get discouraged and disappointed when it isn't. Uh, you've got to accept that there's a human dimension and a divine dimension to the church if you're going to survive as a preacher. Um, one way I look at it is there's a difference between uh, individuals and the congregation even. Uh, individuals will disappoint you. They'll discourage you. Uh, they'll say hurtful things. Uh, they'll let the world distract them. They'll forsake their Lord. They'll mess up their families. They'll break your heart. Sometimes I go home after talking to some individual and tell Cindy, I hate sin. Sin messes people up. Mess families up. Individuals will do that, but individuals also amaze you. Uh, you you got to look for those kind. Uh, they'll uplift you. They'll teach you. They'll humble you. People that you think they're so in the background or the sidelines or you don't know what they know about the Lord and you'll see their generosity or their love or their service and you, you just are blown away with what God has done in their life. So you get all of that with individuals. 
And you've got to learn to deal with that difference. But then there's the congregation. And from my point of view, you can trust Northside. These people will do what's right. Individuals may disappoint you. But Northside will do what's right. And they always will if they're taught right. This wasn't in my notes, but I'd advise you to read Ecclesiastes every once in a while. The wise man's got some pretty wise advice in there. One thing he says in chapter 7 and verse 21 is, Don't pay attention to every word people say. Some things you just got to ignore. Some things you got to take with a grain of salt. Some things you just don't listen to. I know you know my... One of my favorite rules, and it'll keep you out of trouble if you follow it, don't believe anything that you hear secondhand and don't listen to anything that you hear thirdhand. Uh, that's a pretty good rule. When anybody comes to me and says, so-and-so told me this, will we stop right there and give the advisory that, okay, you can tell me this, but I'm going to go check it out. You may be telling me the truth, but I'm going to go see and you'd be surprised how many times that ends the conversation. And as far as not listening to anything you hear third hand, by the time it's gone through three people, it's so messed up it's not worth listening to. People can't repeat things. I guess it's a human deficiency. I don't know why. It doesn't seem that hard, but people can't do it. So if somebody says, so-and-so told me that so-and-so said, you're done right then. You'll save yourself a lot of trouble. All right, let me give you some advice to the congregation here, please. The uh, first thing I'd tell you, congregation, is there's different kinds of preachers. Uh, not just different styles and all that, but there are different kinds of preachers, and you've got to understand that. Uh, there are some guys that preach for a living that they've got one topic. Well, that's all they do. You know, they travel around the country and teach congregations about giving or about marriage or about family. And that's fine. They're a type of preacher. They, and they fill a service. Uh, there's some that are more traveling evangelists. They've got, you know, four or five series that they can do and on many topics and move around. We don't do that near as much as we used to, but there are people that do that, and they serve a function. Uh, there's the lectureship, workshop type of preacher that's a little bit of performer and a little bit of entertainer and, and very, very talented at certain things. And then there's the local minister. That's a different kind of preacher. And I'm not saying some can't do all of those, but very rarely does that happen. Because a local preacher is involved in the lives of his people. Not on the road all the time. He's here in people's lives. Uh, like Paul said to one group, he said, we shared our very lives with you. Uh, that's a local preacher. Now, if you ask me who's the most valuable player in that list, I'd have to say the local preacher. Uh, the others 
do a, a great work at what they do. And they're impressive and people love to listen to them and they get great acclaim and all that. But a local preacher is different. Uh, not every week is a home run. Not every week is a standing ovation kind of sermon. At one point in my life, I got involved in public speaking outside of the church and went to some National Speakers Association things and all that, and some meetings, and became a member. And, and the strangest thing about it, really, to me, was all these professionals who made... a speech were amazed at what I did. They never could believe that somebody could come up with one or two new speeches every week. They had three or four speeches that they had perfected. They knew every line and exactly when people would laugh and exactly what this response would be, and they had it down pat and could do it in their sleep. And they got paid big money for that. But when they heard I had to come up with a 30 to 40 minute talk every week that would entertain and keep interest in 700 people, they, just, they couldn't believe it. They said, there's no way. A local preacher's different. And from a congregation's point of view, I think you need to understand that and support what you have. Number two for the congregation is Paul signed every letter he wrote, grace and peace. I think he thought peace was pretty important. Uh, I know he's talking about the peace of Christ, but he also wrote a lot about the peace of unity. And I think there's nothing more important in a congregation than uh, the unity and peace that we have. First uh, Timothy 5.19 is one of my... Key verses, I guess, as far as preaching philosophy. First Timothy 5.19 uh, says, Do not entertain an accusation against an elder unless it is brought by two or three witnesses. Now, I know literally that means probably don't listen to somebody accuse an elder of some sin, uh, but I expand that a little bit in my teaching. I think it means... If you want to talk negative about the elders, you better find somebody else to talk to. Uh, Don't don't come to me with that. Uh, Congregation needs to be in on that. The preacher needs to follow that uh, definitely, but I think the whole congregation needs to. And I personally even think it could be expanded a bit to include a preacher too. I think as a congregation, if somebody wants to talk to you about something they've got against the preacher, uh, you ought to tell them they're talking to the wrong person. Uh, that maintains peace and unity. The north side's different. North side's unique. Uh, I've told you that for the 30 years I've been up here. Uh, we are. We, we don't talk about things the way other people do, other congregations. Uh, we watch our mouths and our ears a little bit more closely, I think. So, peace is important. And the last thing I'll say to the congregation is, some of you may be kind of wondering, is this going to work or not? I mean, it's a pretty big change if you think about it, although we've transitioned into it well, and I think it's, it's 
gone well, but still it's a, uh, a change. Uh, some may be a little fearful. How's this going to work? Uh, I mean, with the heritage we've got here, 59 years of a, a Tandy in the pulpit and Bill in the middle there helping hold things together and doing a great job, uh, now we're turning it over to a 37-year-old kid. You know, with a young wife and two little kids? Are we really going to do that? Um, what I would say to Northside about that is the almost 60 years of uh, stability and solid preaching, I think, all of that started when the Northside elders hired a 35-year-old guy with a young wife and an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. His name was Louis Tanty. And that worked out pretty well. First time I heard Toby preach, I knew that he had a unique ability to communicate. I knew he had the voice. I knew he had the, the ability to speak well. Uh, that'll grow the more you practice. Uh, how I preach today is probably absolutely nothing like I preached when I was 37. Um, he is solid and sound in the Word. And whether you know it or not, that's getting rarer and rarer. Uh, got a good man. Treat him like a good man. Now, for everybody, let's close this up. First Samuel 7, let's turn over there. Very interesting passage. We sing a song that has the word Ebenezer in it here. I raise my Ebenezer. Most people have no idea what that means. First Samuel chapter 10 will tell you. Um, while Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Philistines and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. The men of Israel rushed out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to a point below Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far has the Lord helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and did not invade Israelite territory again. Ebenezer means... The Lord has brought us this far. Okay. Uh, what Moses was telling them was, we're still all right. We're doing good. We've been through a lot of things. The Philistines have attacked us. This has happened. That has happened. And the Lord has brought us this far. Uh, we've got us, he's got us to this point, and I guess the rest of the sermon would be something like, who are we going to trust for the future? <laughs> yeah, he got us this far. I imagine he can get us through the future. Ebenezer. Uh, the lesson of that is, yeah, Moses was a great leader, but he didn't say it was me that got us this far. It's not Steve and Cindy. It's not the seven elders that we have now or the eight or the five or the three that we used to have. It's not one member. It's not a thousand members. 
that has brought us this far. It's not the next preacher that will decide the future. It's him. Ebenezer. He's brought us this far. Let me close with this personal note. Ecclesiastes 3.12 says there is nothing better for people than to be joyful and do good as long as they live. Be joyful and do good as long as they live. I think that Cindy and I have followed that truism pretty well. We plan to continue being joyful and doing good. Uh, We're going to be joyful about a few different things probably. And we'll probably do good in a few different ways. Uh, But we continue following Solomon's advice. I want to thank you all and for Cindy also for allowing us uh, to serve in this very special place. Uh, Pray God that he gives us many more years to continue serving in this place. Uh, I thank him for bringing us this far. Now, let all you people ascribe to the Lord. Ascribe to him the glory to his name. Let's stand and sing. On the stage you have your elders and retired elders here at Northside. And we are speaking on, uh, on your behalf. It's our tradition to mark milestones, both personal ones and family ones, and today we have both. The first one, Anna, and family one, Steve, is transitioning. And as we've said before, is he's not retiring, but repurposing. And we want, to, we want to mark that. Now, most of you see what Steve does standing right here. But he does lots of other things besides that. And though you'll see him here still, it'll be a little less, it'll be a little more. But the formal responsibility is passing from Steve to Toby. His involvement, Steve's involvement in Know Your Bible will certainly increase. But how do we mark that? A watch, a, a plaque, it doesn't, doesn't seem appropriate. Uh, luggage, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> well, some thoughtful person said a Bible would be good. Bible probably is the most appropriate gift we can give to a teacher of God's Word, uh, appropriate for a couple that has... Modeled faithful service. Uh, Steve and Cindy, would you come up here, please? <laughs> yeah. You know, it says obey your elders. <laughs> <laughs> Hebrews. <laughs> well, we have a Bible to give to him. It's a, it's a nice Bible for them. It's bound in, in leather. It has a really cool leather strap. Hold it. It's nice. But it also has another feature in it. As many of you know, you have submitted verses that you like, and Ryan has thoughtfully highlighted those verses and put your name beside them. We have almost 300 submissions, many of which represent whole families. There are hundreds of people that have submitted verses. When you take this opportunity to read this Bible... You'll be reminded of the many friends that love and and appreciate you. Appreciate you for your faithful service, your loving service, your example for the kingdom, 
here at Northside, no gift on this side of eternity, is equal to the instruction in God's word, the growing up that you have provided, the godly example set before us. No presentation, no pomp, no circumstance, no ceremony is sufficient to represent years of devotion. But as you continue to serve this congregation, we'd ask you to let this Bible be a reminder, a reminder of all those that, that know you and love you for your sacrifice to this congregation. On behalf of the Northside Congregation, thank you. Well, thank you immensely for not the Bible, but what you put in it. So thank you very much. And I'll tell you, one desire she's always had is to to, to preach from this pulpit. So you (laughs) I've already said everything I need to say, so thank you very much.